If you look for it, every day has cause for celebration. Celebrate a friend for their promotion baby wedding life thing. Celebrate yourself for keeping the couch warm. It's no easy feat, especially if it's a big couch. Or maybe you just want to celebrate living in 2023 where you can get beer, wine, and spirits delivered from Drizzly in under 60 minutes without leaving said couch. So download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and get your favorite drinks delivered today. With this ring, I the psych this week on the Story Song Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the Story Song Podcast. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. Every episode we walk you through the wonderful world of a story song. And this week, we're talking about Band of Gold by Frida Payne. It's Frida Payne and you guys are free to talk about whatever you want to talk about. <laughs> oh, you. They should have, if she, if she had a backing band, it should have been the Band of Gold. How great would that be? Of course. Yeah. I don't know. But it's a little it's, on the nose. Know, well, it's one of those things where it's like, then you you name your band after your biggest hit. It just feels a little desperate. That's all I'm saying. I mean, what she should you know have done. I mean? Yeah. What she should have done is she should have taken from the um, from the the ball culture of um, the underground ball culture of the 1980s and mm-hmm. made it free to pain in the house of pain. That wasn't taken, right? Was it? No, I think that's that. Think that was that's... fine, right? I heard Frida. I heard Frida Payne um, partnered with Keith Hernandez to uh, oh. get people to sell bands of gold. Local reference. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Is that a local guess... commercial? Is that not a national? Oh, Keith Hernandez. Not a national. Get... We buy your gold commercial. No, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's a national. We buy your gold commercial. <laughs> Be- beloved Mets hero <laughs> Keith Hernandez trying to scam old people out of selling their gold for cheap. No, I don't believe that's shown no, nationally. No. I'd have to check, but I'm pretty confident. Um, anyway, yes. uh, I mean, I guess this whole band of gold's name of the band thing. I mean, I guess I'm just still scarred to this day by the fact that the the band that sang the song in a big country is called Big Country. I just was like, yeah. hey, did you guys really like that name? Did you name the band after the song or vice versa. I just could never wrap my head around it. So yeah. I guess that's, you know, again, I'm still, tra- I'm still traumatized by trying to puzzle <laughs> that one out. It's also like um, the band, the monkeys sang the song theme from the monkeys. Yeah. It's a good point. Mm. So what a coincidence. Thing. Yeah. What a coincidence. Yeah. It was really weird how that happened. I mean, what are the odds? Frankly, <laughs> if you think about it, <laughs> Um, all right. Well, let's talk about the story of the story song. Michael, why don't you, why don't you tell us the story of the story song? Uh, so Band of Gold is a song about a new bride who is left by her new husband on their wedding night. The end. Ah, It is the end of both the story and the marriage. However... <laughs> There is some nuance, perhaps. Oh, there's a there's comes, a lot of mystery in this song. Oh that yeah, comes in there. Um, it's a really sad about. story mm-hmm. with such a great 
great song and like a great beat where it's like the song makes me so happy but the character in the song is is really having she's having quite a day it's tough it's been tough for her yeah it's been tough sounds like a rough a rough night well i'll say i i will say this uh this is one of my go-to karaoke songs i mean i love this song i love it sure love it it's short which is always good for a karaoke song karaoke songs cannot be too long and it's peppy but has a little but it has a good movement to it it's a good karaoke song highly recommend and people love it people love it you know it's it's not one of the obvious ones but it's also not so obscure that people aren't going to know it it's really that good middle and like people oh yeah i think I think people feel proud of themselves for knowing this song yeah, yeah. when it comes on. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think so. Now that you're gone, all that's left is a band of gold. All that's left of the dreams I hold is a band of gold. And the memories of what love could be if you I mentioned, and, we'll, and another reason why it makes a karaoke song because people are gonna be excited as soon as it starts is uh, starts with the chorus. Mm-hmm. Well, it starts with a really amazing bass line, is what it well, starts that with. That's but true. Saying, but Michael, Michael, here on this show, we talk about the lyrics, and I'm saying, is this not, <laughs> lyrically, is this not the baseline song podcast? It's lyrically, it starts with the chorus. Um, and let's go there now because <laughs> let's go to that chorus. She starts by saying, now that you're gone, all that's left is a band of gold. All that's left of the dreams I hold is a band of gold. And the memories of what love could be if you were still here with me. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot in that opening chorus and a real long sentence. It is a run-on <laughs> sentence. That's, yep. that's, I mean, right off the bat, she's in bad shape because yeah. you can tell. She's a mess. She not, she's a she's mess. She's not self-editing. Well, yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that comes back more as we get into the verse, and we'll get to it in, in the verse, but, but there's, there are, for a song that's relatively short, doesn't have a whole lot of lyrics, there's a lot, there is a lot of lyrics, or there are a lot of lyrics in in a short amount of space, and like, these continuous thoughts going on and on and on, and it just gives you the impression of this woman who's sitting there after her husband of, like, six hours has left her, and, like, just thinking, like, what happened? And every thought that's racing through her head. Yeah. It also starts with the ending. Right. Like, yeah. We, yeah. There's yeah. no, there's really, yeah, there's no reveal here. She's like, you're gone. And then... <laughs> That's it. It's this is the memento of story songs. Yeah. This is a song that the opening lines are like, well, here's this tragedy. Yeah, yep. Yeah, this is like a movie that starts at the end and then you flash back and see 
Yeah. Like in another era, she would be sadly looking at the band of gold and then there'd be a record scratch and she would say, I bet you're wondering how I got in this situation. <laughs> we would, would flash back. Yep. I bet it would go a little something like this. <laughs> I know it went a little something like this. And then she I puts on it. a hat. You're, you're thinking the movie <laughs> version. I'm thinking the stage version. I see what you're saying. Sure. Yeah, that sure, makes sure, sense. Sure. 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 If she wants to show that she's she's now young, she puts on a baseball cap. Uh, yeah, and it's, and it's slightly askew. That's right, and she's played by Billy Crystal. Um, the- <laughs> and she just says, "Golly, Mister." Yeah. Um. The my 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 question is this: So she's left with a band of gold. Do you think? Do you think that he gave her an engagement ring? But when he left. He asked, he's like, you can keep the gold band. I'm going to need that diamond back. <laughs> or do you think I mean, it's th- this is of the time where they're just getting married with a ring, put, putting a ring on it? Well, I think, I mean, we're going to, we're in the next verse, we're going to really dig into this. Okay. Okay. But I'm wondering how fast this engagement mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. the wedding Got it. went. I'll say okay. this. The real sad thing is that the original version or the sadder version of the song is that the original version was called Ring Pop. So mm-hmm. yeah. at least you got a real ring in this version. Yeah. True. Well, but I mean, in this, because I, you know, maybe she does have an engagement ring. I think in this case, because I don't think she cares about the money, right? Yeah. I mean, what I'm saying is like when she says all that's left is a band of gold, this, this band of gold in a classic irony sense, was supposed to represent all the dreams that she had. Sure. Yeah. But in fact, now it represents the opposite. Whenever she looks at it, all she sees is the shattered dreams that she never... Yeah. yeah. Or maybe um, maybe she's kind of talking to him where he's like, all right, so I'm leaving, but uh, if I could get that diamond back, that'd be great. And she's like, nope, all I've got is a band of gold. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Ooh. I don't know what happened to that Oof. diamond. No, don't know what happened to that diamond. She's I mean, just... it was just on your finger. I don't know. I don't know. She's she's checking non-existent pockets <laughs> in her You're in a negligee. You're in a negligee. Uh, I don't, I don't no think pockets. I don't think they have breast pockets on a on a on a wedding gown. Uh, well, I don't know why you keep tapping your just chest. Here. To find. <laughs> oh man. So weird. If I find it, I'll mail it to you. <laughs> Can you leave a forwarding address? That'd be great. Yeah. I'll just, I'll send it to 123 Jerk Street. How about that? <laughs> Care of biggest jerk in the world. <laughs> um, okay. COD. So. Cash on delivery. No. <laughs> so, um, so, all right. So her dreams are shattered. Um, and all she's left is the memories of what could be. All right, now now we flash back, okay? I think that's that's an interesting line. It's all the left of the dreams I hold is a band of gold. So the dreams are in the band of gold and the memories of what love could be. Like, she yep. doesn't have memories with this guy. Yeah, so right. we can get into this hmm. now. There, I, I have a theory about what's going on in this song. I feel this theory is supported by certain word choices. Mm-hmm. Yes. That it's used. And the first example of that 
is, and I know it rhymes, but the first example of that is the memories of what love could be, as opposed to the memories of what love was. Mm-hmm. Okay? Right. So she's imagining, she's dreaming of a love that perhaps even she can acknowledge didn't exist, but perhaps would come to exist after this marriage has been yep. after the wedding. Okay, after this marriage has begun. <clears throat> yeah, there's so a, there's an I- yeah. idealized version of what the marriage would be based on the fact that the marriage never actually happened. You know, right, they, they or, got as far or, as their honeymoon. Right. Or or a dream of a love that's going to happen once the marriage is over with. Yeah. And, I'm sorry, once the wedding is over with and the marriage has begun. Yeah. Okay? So she is she's hoping for something that maybe has not happened yet. But it's, it's an yeah. interesting, Dan, to your point, uh, word choice, that she's thinking back on her fantasy of the future. Like, she's not thinking back on anything concrete. She's thinking back on what she imagined it would be. Right. Right. You know? It's, it's, it's a memory of what things, what, what she thought it would be. Right. And not at all what happened. Well, we don't know. But, so... Well, given the fact point, that it lasted less than 24 hours... Right. We can assume... So, we are told, so we do flashback, because we are told, you took me from the shelter of my mother. Okay? The word shelter there, mm-hmm. I think, implies um, a person who is sheltered. Right. Maybe about yeah. some realities of the world. <laughs> <laughs> or um, or that they live in a post-apocalyptic world and I mean, that's possible too. the fallout possible has too. has subsided and he's opening up the vault right i mean obviously mo- yep. mother is what they call the central computer yes of course yeah. of course the vault yeah. in this post post-apocalyptic world right um but you took him in the shelter of my mother now you took me right from the mm-hmm. shelter of my mother I had never known or loved any other. Mm-hmm. So this is her first. Right. Okay. We kissed after taking vows. But that night on our honeymoon, we stayed in separate rooms. So, I mean. A lot. So there's a, a lot. lot so a lot. Here. So first a of lot. all, separate rooms. D- did you set that up from the beginning? Yes. Okay. First question. I mean. First question. I mean, what is, how does this go down? I have a couple of, I have so many theories about this. (laughs) So many. Because it depends on whether or not separate rooms were set up at the beginning. Because it could be a marriage of convenience for the man. And maybe there are uh, certain reasons that he, maybe he needs a green card, you know? (laughs) Maybe he um is trying to um he's trying to disguise his sexuality. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And, or maybe um well I'll see say my third one I'll say for the next verse because I have a really <laughs> strong. Oh wait no yeah no for the for the next verse. But if they stayed in separate rooms, like 
there wasn't a fight. There shouldn't say that there's a well, fight or anything. They that's just the question. Stay in We're not, we rooms. don't know. We're not told. Yeah, right? but this is their honeymoon. Like a reservation had to be made. Yes. Well, and and but, what but, what really should have, um, right. you know, tipped her off to this was, you know, the fact that their honeymoon reservation was for separate rooms. <laughs> right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like what if she heard was... him on the phone saying like to the reservation desk, no, oh, two God. rooms. Was she not like <laughs> what, two rooms? Hold on, hold on. I want to say one thing real quick. Yes. yes, I think we are definitely living in a world of a modern middle class wedding. They could easily be staying at a motor lodge, right, uh, for their <laughs> like honeymoon. That. And and he went he went to the front desk and got a second room. Not at like Club fight. Med. I'm just saying, like uh, we're imagining, like how did he get a second room? Like I don't think it's that impossible. No, but I no. think. But I think the question though, why you're saying is. Were, were, was the plan always two rooms? Yes. Was she, but was she clued into that plan? Right. Or was she maybe hoping, like, does that come in as a surprise to her? That's my first right. question. That he's going to his second room. Was she hoping maybe she could convince him to stay in her room? Sure. You know what I mean? Maybe she did know. Or, and I think this is, I mean, I don't know, but I think this is what the song is intending for you to take out of this is that they had a huge fight and that he got a second room. Yeah. yeah. He didn't, he didn't stay with her. But the the only the, problem with that is that she doesn't seem like the kind who's going to like, you know what I mean? Like if he, she doesn't seem like she's going to fight back. Right. Like, why are they having the, a huge fight? She just seems to be like, yeah, okay, whatever you say. Um, you know what I mean? I mean? She's also like, I mean, again, we'll get into, into it in the next verse, but, but, there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing that implies they got into a fight. There's nothing. Right. It literally goes from the vows to staying in separate rooms, separate yeah. bedrooms, separate baths, separate bedrooms, separate baths. <laughs> yes. So maybe when they got to the hotel or the motel that, that yes. night. Holiday um, Inn. Yeah. They, Sorry. they, they Great. get to the, to, to his door and. Mm -hmm. He turns to her, hands her a key, and says, "Well, congratulations, pal. Here's your room." Gives, gives I mean, her a I, I, Jake. Yeah, I, I <laughs> says, "Have a good night." Or, or uh, see my, you at breakfast. <laughs> or not, you know, live your life. You know, whatever. The thing that I would prefer is he he scoops her up and carries her over the threshold, and then just kind of hucks her onto the bed and closes the door. <laughs> you know? This is your room. Bye bye. <laughs> Enjoy. There's a bathtub. I mean, um, maybe, maybe they're like the aristocracy and they, like they're Lord and Lady Grantham and they, they live in a mansion and they have separate rooms and that's just what you do. Yeah. I mean, that sounds, that's the most plausible. I think so. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, I, here's the thing. She's obviously, like you said, she's sheltered. She's never known or loved any other. So she's jumping into this. That's why I think it's some way a marriage of convenience. I well, I don't I think I don't. that's a plausible theory. I, I think there's a, a bunch of plausible theories. It could also be like she went basically from her parents' house to you know, this hotel, but like to her <laughs> wedding. So right. they could have married very young. Sure. Yeah. This is also 1970. They could have married, you know, just out of high school or something and the the issue on the wedding night, they were like, oh, this was a mistake. 
we shouldn't have done this. We should have waited. And then there's that. Yeah. I think that's totally valid. That's totally valid. Oh, absolutely. That, that I mean, but the problem is the we're point. not getting that. But we're not getting that from her. Like, I don't think she's right. like, I'm heartbroken because this marriage was a mistake. Right? That's right. not no. the sense we're getting from this song. No, but that like could have she... been why he left. Well, why he left. Yes. Yeah. Sure. But sure, sure, but sure. it's there, it wasn't a there. They didn't both come to that conclusion. He came to that conclusion. Right. She was like, no, but I want to love you. Like I, this is we're gonna we're gonna be in love now. And the answer is, yeah. uh, no, we're not. Hawk that ring. Well, but here here here's the other problem though with that theory. Now I'm not saying it's a bad theory, but from what I understand of young people. Um, the reason why you get married young is so you can stay in the same room on your honeymoon if you catch my drift. Why? Right. That would seem to be the only thing he might be interested in. Right. Yes. The one thing that he would pres- presumably be interested in seems to be the one thing that he is definitely not interested in. Yeah. So that seems weird. Yes. Like, is- if they had, if they had a fight the next morning yeah <laughs> and he and he walked out sure but again the hearty handshake and the <laughs> be sure you be sure you lock the door and 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 don't touch the mini bar i'll see you in the morning that seems weird and why yeah. does he keep calling her pal <laughs> that's, well is this the- that's great wedding buddy <laughs> i wonder if the movie muriel's wedding was based on this because in that muriel uh uh, answers a, cl- a classified ad because this like Australian swimmer needs a green card and needs to marry an Australian lady. And this exact thing happens. They get married. They have a big wedding. And then he says, that's your room. That's my room. I'm going for a swim. Hmm. It's great. So it's Muriel's wedding. What I'm saying is this song is Muriel's wedding. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but I Perfect. mean, but done Muriel done. shut it down. But we'll hold on. But I want to say, but is Muriel on board? Like, does she? She? She knows. She knows the deal. She knows. She wants to get married. Okay, now here's our podcast about the movie Muriel's wedding. She wants <laughs> well, to get. The only thing that Muriel ever wants is to get married, and like her friends are getting married, stuff like that. Right, right, right. And right, then right. so she sees this as a way to get married. And but she, she's not. But she's not surprised. No, she's by not. The outcome. She's well, what, not I'm surprised, but is, she thinks, but I think there's in her heart, there is a sense that maybe it could lead to something. Okay. But I do think that if there is a grand plan, it's a one-sided plan. I, Frida yeah. was not clued in. She, yeah. she is, I, she I is blindsided. She is blindsided by this. Right. Now, um, I was under the impression that all that Muriel wanted was, I mean, maybe to get married, but also to dance to Waterloo. Is that not? True. Also that she wanted to dance um to Waterloo on her wedding night. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that that was my understanding in the movie. By the way, this is one of my favorite movies. Um <laughs> good to know. <laughs> um I think also this verse what we were talking about earlier with kind of the run-on sentences and like the the kind of spiraling uh, thought process of someone who got left on their wedding night is very clear in this verse. Um, yeah. Because for the longest time, until you see it written out as sentences, for the longest time, I was like, wait, she never knew her mother? 
Yeah, you took me from the shelter of a mother I've never known. Right. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's the phrasing it of like it is interesting. Song. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, well, so I, I do also just want to quickly, you know, emphasize perhaps a darker take on this. Okay. Which is murder. murder. <laughs> she is a naive, <laughs> sheltered, presumably young woman, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She is taken from the shelter of her mother. She had never been with any other man. She had never loved an, an, any other man. How quickly did this wedding come together? Like we were saying, there, there's no mention of an engagement ring. And they, they she had never known anyone else. They kissed on their, they kissed for their vows. And then they're at the hotel and he is staying in another, in another room. Right. Is she just like totally like so naive that she doesn't even like know what the right thing is supposed to happen? You know what I mean? Or she has this, you know what I mean? Like she has this fantasy in her mind that doesn't square with reality. Sure. In any way. Um, and again, if she, if she is like, uh, you know, sheltered, does she like, like not know the realities of the world? Like whatever the opposite of street smart is like she perhaps someone who was less sheltered and knew a bit more about the world could have seen something like this coming, but, but she's totally caught off. Guard. But again, what is, what is the outcome for the man? Like again, like, but it should say, but the next morning on our honeymoon, right? <laughs> we stayed well, in separate rooms or something like there's, he, the, you, there's nothing. He like doesn't get anything out of it. You know, that that's, that's so confusing about it. Well, and well, I have an and I have another theory. Yeah, go ahead, Michael. He and his roommate, um, you know, go to the discos that night. That's right. So he and his long term long term roommate Kevin yeah. go to the let's, discos together. Let's put a pin in that for one second, only because. So the next line. Oh wait! Doesn't. Yes. Sidewalk dumb. That's the opposite <laughs> of street smart. I like okay, it. Good. I like it. Good. I was gonna say house dumb. But, no, okay. But, but I like sidewalk dumb better. The first line of this doesn't tell us any more, more than we know. I'd wait in the darkness of my lonely room, filled with sadness, filled with gloom. Now, I've already mentioned word choices. There is one word in this next line mm-hmm. that is always stood out. Uh huh. Yes. Yes. The the Hoping entire song hinges, hinges on, on perhaps, this word. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, perhaps everything about this song is in this one single word. Hoping soon that you'd walk back through that door and love me like you tried before. Yep. Not like yeah. you did before. Right. Like you tried before. And if it's only tried, we can only assume that that includes tried and failed. Yes. To love me before. Because if he only ever tried and he never succeeded, so. that she or she if he did succeed, she would have said did. 
Yeah. Yeah. But he tried and never actually succeeded. So I'm going to put my cards on the table. Okay. I feel like we might say, be going down the same route. Well, and say, I mean, literally, since the first time I ever heard this song, there's no doubt in my mind. This man is a homosexual. And he needs he needs uh, a, a cover of some kind. He has married this poor, naive, sheltered woman who does not know the ways of the world. And I do believe that he did not set out to, like, destroy her. Right. But when push came to shove, um, he could not go through. He could not go through with it. And he, he ended up saying in his effort. She does not understand any of that. But that is the reality of what is, of what is happening. She does not know why all of a sudden he, this very nice, surprisingly unthreatening man that she had a strong attachment to uh, would suddenly do this right. to her. She doesn't understand why. I mean, I think that could be valid. Okay. My, now I'm ready for the money for the next one. So that was sure. one, that was one of my idea my thoughts was that's what this is. The second one was the he's a swimmer who needs to get on the Australian <laughs> team. <laughs> okay. The okay. Third, the third is that he walked so the third is that when we say love me like you tried before, get ready. Mm. Love as in making love and yep. so he could not perform on their honeymoon and was just so ashamed or Mm. so like taken aback by it that he was like i'm out i don't know why but i've always thought that That, like literally this is about a guy an impotent man i mean i I, that's actually not I, i had not thought of that yeah well i mean basically my theory and your theory are the same it's just the question of why he is unable sure to quote unquote love her. Right. Um, yeah, because I was definitely, by the way, to be clear, I was definitely thinking of a physical love. Um sure. when when she says, like, you tried before. Um, so the reason why he he can't perform this particular uh marital function um could be because he's not attracted to her, um, or because he just the plumbing's not working. Right. Um but my question to you is, when she says tried before, does that is that that night that he tried, or is this before? See, I always imagine it was before that they, you know, they're sitting on a dark porch or whatever, and he's like trying to psych himself into like dark. I could do this. Porch. I, I think it's what? Who is he? Bunch of galoop? Come on. Well, but I'm saying <laughs> this is 1970 though. I'm saying like, and he's like, I can I can do this. I can kiss a girl. I, I'm a normal, I'm a normal guy. I can totally do this and like can't and can't do it. Or like you're saying, same thing. He's trying to psych himself up for like a different reason and it's just not happening. Right. And like you said, he's hoping that maybe the wedding night he's going to be able to do it. And it's just like, no. And of is course, that he, happening? you know, this is- he can't call, he can't call Roman.com or whatever. And, That's right. And not get a, a sponsor. Like, there's nothing. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're not getting any money for that. But- so don't. Don't, nobody call. No, but like, but he, like, he's, there's nothing he can do and he doesn't want to admit to anyone. Right. So, so he's living with his shame and he can't, he can't just tell her what's going on. Yeah. She would probably be understanding, but he just, he, he can't, he's too ashamed. So now we have this horrible situation. 
Yeah, and he walks yeah. away. Uh, the reason I don't think that like they that. tried that that far in advance is that I think mm-hmm. the idea that she is very sheltered, so she right. wouldn't try anything prior to the to the night of the wedding. I'm not but, saying go all the way, Rachel, but you know. In, but but I think there, it, there are there are there are stops along the way. That's all I'm saying. But the question is like uh, that is the question. The question is tr- the tried. What does right. tried mean? Does it mean physical? Yep. Does it mean that they've had? I mean, the other thing about saying tried means she has some idea of 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 a disconnect between them. Because she doesn't say, like you did before, like you said. She says, like yeah. you tried before. So she has an awareness that it wasn't working out, that it wasn't exactly gelling. Because A, she's talking about what life, memories of what lo- love could be. And she's saying, you right. tried before to love me, but it didn't exactly. work out. There's never an indication that there was a good time. Right? Yeah. This, this is, there's a memory of what love could have been not mm-hmm. not the love that we had you come back in here and like you tried before yeah not, like, you did like there there's and i don't know also like maybe it was a thing where you know this is actually the even less destruction version of like this relationship is failing let's have a kid like maybe right. she was just like if we get married that'll fix everything yes yeah yeah you know yeah. what i mean like magically we'll we'll be We'll we'll find the love that we couldn't find because now we're married and it's like a it's like a story and you know it's yeah. like a fairy tale and now we'll be in love forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course that doesn't work. Yeah. Because that guy has got to get his swim practice in. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I think what happened was the night before the wedding, um, the husband in this was, uh, so upset about the the passing of his friend Skipper that he uh, went to the high school track. He was a track star. Um, yeah. And he fell, he broke his leg, and he's just hobbling around. And and on their yeah. wedding night, she she's like, Maggie, the cat's alive. And he's like, yeah, whatever. And, and Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's real tough. Yeah. It, was, it was real tough. And it's just, it's so hot where they are. Yeah. It's so hot. Big Daddy, I mean, he doesn't know what to do with himself. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to do a stage reading of Tennessee Williams' <laughs> Cat on a Hutton Roof now. <clears throat> it's the uh, story of Brick hasn't found the right girl yet. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Um, I, I mean, honestly, like, it's true. It's like, what is, like, it's kind of is, could be that. I mean, it is. Like, there's some reason. Again, I don't think. Uh, the idea of them just having a fight and him leaving is out of the cards for me. Out of no, the cards. There's, yeah. no there's no way. There's 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 definitely something else happening here that is unspoken. Yes. And whether, yeah. whether and whether that is because our narrator does not understand what is happening, or because our narrator just simply cannot say it out loud right. to even herself. Yeah. We don't know. But there's definitely something going on here. I do want to and I'm not Argue, you know, obviously all interpretations are valid, but I do want to be clear that when I was 14 years old, driving in the car with my mother, and she has, like, the oldies radio station on, and this song came on, there was no question. I was like, oh, this guy's gay. There's no question. This guy's totally gay. <laughs> <laughs> so that has always been my theory on what's, on what's happening here. And when I was 14, um, I said, that man's impotent. 
Yeah. I just learned that word. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I, I, I think this is, I mean, again, to go back to Muriel's wedding, I think that this is a, just a, a young woman who wanted nothing more than to be loved and in a marriage with a man who loved her. And it Absolutely. just didn't happen that way. But she took yeah. the first chance she could to go through the steps. Right. But I think this whole courtship took, I don't know, two weeks. Who knows? You know? Two I, weeks or, I, I, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's long. Like you said, I don't think it's long. I mean, I don't even want to go even darker, but like taking me from the shelter and mother. I mean, like, did they elope? I, I, well, I mean, I'm they saying, totally like, could. Oh, yeah, they could totally have eloped. Right. Like, is this. But if they did, I think that that goes back to them just being like a couple of kids who decided to get married and didn't really think it through. Right, right. I think an elopement would sort of support that version of the story more than the other two. Yes. You know, I, like I, I think I, yeah. I think if he I think there might have been a longer engagement period. I think if he was if he was trying to convince himself that that mm-hmm. he could be what I he's mean, I not. I guess that's true. Right, right. And and he would have and and he probably wanted would want the whole pomp and circumstance of it to show everybody that like this is legit like we're doing this for real. Yeah. I mean, Rachel, I don't. That's a stereotype that they need a big party. I'm gonna say that. Uh, um, Muriel's wedding. They had a huge <laughs> wedding. She walked down the aisle to "I Do, I uh, Do, I Do" by ABBA. Okay. Of course, she did. And yeah. a big <laughs> expensive. At a big expensive wedding. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the connection between Miro's wedding and and Katana Hot Tin Roof. A lot of ABBA in both. Mm-hmm. Really, a lot comes up. Surprising, surprising. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, in my amount. in my in my newly staged production, Katana Hot Tin <laughs> sure. Roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A lot. There's there's the part where uh, Maggie starts singing "Gimme, Gimme, Gimme a Man After Midnight." Yep. I like the part though where you're. It takes you out of the story a little bit, but it it it's true to yeah, the character. Yeah, but doesn't it work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But see, I like actually Brick sings it too. Rachel, so yeah, I I like in your version, Rachel, you lower a giant tin roof onto the stage, yeah. and then a <laughs> and then a person in a cat costume dances to Dancing Queen, and I think yeah. that really yeah that really. First of all, first of all, cost a fortune. Second Yo, of all, absolutely. worth it. <laughs> no matter what every, it costs, everybody. it is visually so spectacular. It's really great. I got that yeah, cat yeah. costume from the original production of Cats. Yeah, it was you, you got... so disgusting. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> it, was, it was so gross and sweaty. They uh, they did not watch <laughs> those things. They did not. No. Uh, when was the last time you had to give a costume a flea bath? Uh, yeah. I no. tell you what, that stench is now and forever. <laughs> Oh man. It smells like sweat and New York in the nineteen eighties. <laughs> Bad combo. Rough. <laughs> uh all right. Well, I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. After this, she basically just repeats which what we've already known. Well, I will um, say this. Yeah. She is yeah. the other thing that should have given her some sort of a clue um that this honeymoon was not going to go great 
yeah. besides the fact that he booked two separate rooms. Um, the rooms were decorated in a sad and gloomy fashion. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because, I mean, I mean, yeah, she could be in the darkness of her lonely room, and she's filled with sadness, filled with gloom. I'd like to think that the rooms are. Mm. Mm. Yeah. But, I mean, Michael, yeah. have, you ever, have you ever stayed at a, at a Motel 6? They're, no. they're pretty much gloomy, just, stuff. <laughs> just, yeah. just an atmosphere. Nobody's happy to be. No. But also, no. if she's filled with sadness, filled with gloom, turn yeah. on a light. Yeah. Why are you sitting in the dark? She doesn't want to. She wants to live in it a bit. She wants to feel something. If it's not going to be love, <laughs> it's going to be sadness and gloom. Right. Also, mother always turned on the light, so she's not. <laughs> <laughs> Look, she was, I feel like she was in the dark long enough. Uh, now's a good time to turn on the light. Yeah. Yeah. Bingo. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. See, we solved it. Um, yeah, but like I said, I mean, she once again tells us, uh, she waits in the darkness of my lonely room. She filled the sadness, filled with gloom, hoping that you would walk through that door and love me like you tried before. And then since you be gone, all that's left is a band of gold. All that's left to dream the hell is a band of gold. The dream of what love could be if you were still here with me since you've been gone. All that's left is a band of gold. Um, much better when freedom. <laughs> I should also say there is also a great it, there is also a great uh extended O in the middle of this song at time. Uh, yeah. in some versions. After right? after like the the the, the instrumental the break, matter. which yeah. is awesome. Um but there's also one thing that we love is is a slight lyric change. The song opens with a line, now that you're gone, all that's left is a band of gold. And in each of the subsequent choruses, she says, since you've been gone. So mm-hmm. the song starts the minute the door closes. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because the now that you're gone. Yeah. Is. Yeah. Uh, like literally right this second now. Right. Yeah. You, you, just, <laughs> you just walked out the door. So. Um, all right. <laughs> it would be funny if he, he was like, I'm, but I'm still in the room. I just opened the door. I'm just going to the ice machine. What are you? <laughs> <laughs> we stayed in separate rooms. No, I got a suite. It's no. a honeymoon yeah, suite. This There's is... two rooms. Yeah. I'm going to watch the game. I'll be back and we'll, we'll try again. <laughs> I was a little drunk, so it didn't work last time, but I'm sobering up. It'll be fine. Yeah. I got whiskey. You know what? Come on, you gotta give me a sec. I gotta, I'll take a shower. I'll be fine. Get some coffee in me. We'll go for round two. I'll be ready to go. Or round one and a half at least. (laughs) Look, I heard about this thing on a podcast. Like, I ordered some pills. Everything's gonna be great. Um, Not a sponsor. All right. Uh, Okay. Um, Anything else on this song? No, it's a great song. On the fact that it's, I mean, do do I have to tell you guys this guitar riff is like, out of this world i mean it's like the best it's, it's fun everything so fun everything about this song is great um all right let's do expanding universe what do we got expanded universe is this what happens when love potion number nine wears off <gasps> oh that's interesting he only drank enough to get him through the wedding ceremony <laughs> sure now he's like where am i what's happening who are you <laughs> Did I kiss a cop? I got to go lay down <laughs> in a different room. Oh, man. So uh, before he left, maybe maybe 
they did have a fight and he said you only hear what you want to. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. I mean that is see that that's a toxic relationship that yeah. they may have, they may have tried to save with a well or a uh poorly thought out marriage. Yeah. That that it immediately fell apart. You know what was the issue there? He uh the uh cat's eye glasses, not a turn on for him. No. Uh, well, glasses I mean, off, I hair was, up. And she said, <laughs> "Did I'm we try hair down glasses on?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he's if he's if the cat eye glasses aren't doing anything for him, the man's a damn fool. I'm gonna say that. <laughs> I'm wondering if it was like a real, like an actual wedding, or if it was like a like a hippie wedding where they're just like, "We're we're married now, man. You're you're yeah. my old lady." And so, could this have been uh, Janice and Bobby McGee? Oh, where they got married on the road, and he's like, he he has to go and find that life that he, whatever the lyric is. Yeah, the band. Yeah, the band of gold is just a gold harmonica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't know. I don't like the idea of uh, of of uh, her being naive, though. You know, she seems pretty street smart to me. Oh, Janice. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Janice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if she would have been blindsided quite like this, but that's just me. Um. Well, I do. I will say this. I mean, if they're taking up two rooms in this hotel, mm-hmm. do some part-time lovers come in and now all of a sudden they can't have a room? No. <laughs> they got to go, go somewhere else. Like what? You guys I are guess sold it's out. Back you to said- the car. Sorry, checked, no vacancy. I checked the website. You had one empty room. Now, all of a sudden, you're telling me it's taken? Well, how could that have happened so fast? Oh, Check the man. website. What gotta... kind of motel do you think this is? To which the front Hold desk on. said, what's a website? Look, I... I <laughs> it's 1970. <laughs> Look, guy at the front desk, this is going to be weird. I got to blink the light 17, 17 times. We have a very complex system uh, <laughs> that I got to do <laughs> to let her know that there's yeah. no rooms in this hotel, so... Just, just bear with me for a second, okay? Um, all right. Anything uh, else? Oh yeah, uh, well, I got a lot. Yeah, go <laughs> ahead. Um, well, if uh, if her lonely room was decorated with sadness and gloom, mm-hmm. maybe they got married on Halloween. Maybe they're staying in the monster mash- oh. mansion. Oh, sure. Yeah, she she complains to the front desk, and they're like, it's thematic. The gloom and the sadness is thematic. <laughs> these are those decorations. Real, Come back in those, a month. It's going to be like all Christmas, Christmas lights. Christmas stuff. It, this, these aren't real cobwebs. We got them in <laughs> spirit, Halloween spirit, for God's sake. How big do you think the spiders are in this place? They're fake. Come on. <laughs> Come on now. Um, <laughs> someday after, after she's over him, maybe he'll be back in town and maybe they'll meet and maybe she'll mm. fall in love again. Okay. Okay. Mm. Again by Janet Jackson. Yep, That's got it. Got it. Yep. Um, well, she the is she in is her room lonely or is she in a room for the lonely? Did she like sulk out to the bar where Pearl is playing? Oh, you think this this is the the club that Pearl plays in is in this hotel? Yes. yes. I like yes. that. Oh I like my that. gosh, yes. She plays at the hotel bar. Yeah. Or the motel bar, I guess. 
And oh my her, god, that'd be amazing. <laughs> while she's at while she's at the hotel bar, her husband uh is at the uh you know, gay bar uh on the cheating side of town. <laughs> That's right. He's at the Copa. Yeah. They got at the Copa. <laughs> I think um I mean after she sings this, she probably sings nothing compares to you. Oh um, yeah, without a doubt. I will say this. Here's my theory okay okay i think this is sylvia and you guys she made a mistake oh now the only thing i will say about that i like this a lot the only thing i will say about this is that she says i've never known or loved another yeah so is the other guy in sylvia's mother is he just an admirer like a friend who's now decided or no way, because because Sylvia's mother's afraid she's she's gonna go back to this guy. That's why she won't let Sylvia go to the phone. Right. Yeah. Well, Sylvia's getting married. But maybe. No, I maybe don't. she didn't really love him. Oh, you're saying she never loved. Yeah, I got you. I feel you. Okay. I mean, I like All it. Right. It's we can work it out. We'll work it out. I like it. You guys, we'll yeah, flesh yeah. this out. We'll. we'll... We'll be back. Yeah, we'll just we'll brainstorm it a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, we'll brainstorm it. We'll come back to it. But I like I it. Mean, maybe it makes maybe sense. Maybe in the rush, maybe in the rush of the train, mm. Sylvia hit her head and got amnesia and forgot all about that guy, that first guy. That's true. You yeah. know what I mean? That's true. Possibility. Um, I do want to say that you know, presumably, like the the it was a quick um, engagement. It was a fast wedding. Things were kind of slapdashed, kind of thrown together real quick for this wedding. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, your best friend, Harry, has a brother, Larry, in five days from now, he's going to marry. He's hoping you can be there if you can, because in the ceremony, you'll be the best man. I'm just saying, like, maybe that, that's Makes kind sense. of a pretty slapdash, thrown together wedding. Yeah, so, you're throwing yeah. your best friend's brother in as your best man. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's all I'm saying. You know, it's a, it was a, it was a quickie wedding. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, and, that makes and, sense. And this guy, you know. He just goes for the food. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's right. He doesn't, he, he doesn't care what happens on the honeymoon. Yeah. He's, I mean, he ate so much, he nearly split his pants, from what, I, <laughs> from what I remember. Maybe this didn't work out because, um, you know, like his, his best friend was like, uh, uh, he's hoping you can make it there if he can, because in the ceremony, you'll be the groom. <laughs> this, uh, it's, this wedding is, the marriage uh, is not going to work out, but. Uh, uh, yeah. We just, we're just putting this wedding together for fun. Yeah. You know, yeah. see if it, this, see this if it works. This is a funsies wedding. <laughs> this, we this, have this, the space. One, I mean, it's a goof. The wedding's a goof. <laughs> you know. Let's just say it. As a goof. <laughs> that's, 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 uh, as he's walking away from a hotel room, he's like, yeah, we got married as a goof. That's a goof. <laughs> Guy. Anyway, I got another hotel room. I got another hotel room. Or maybe, <laughs> maybe. Maybe, yeah, but maybe he said to her, I don't think this is going to work out. I think we goofed. And then she was like, <laughs> as a goof? Right. Yeah. Guy, as a goof. He's like, whatever. Whatever you got to say. Yeah. yeah. Sure, whatever you got to <laughs> Whatever yeah. you want to hear. You, you only hear what you want to. Um, all right. Let's take a quick break. <laughs> I just got that. And when we come back, we'll talk about the history of this song with Story Behind the Story. All right, gang. We have a really exciting announcement mm-hmm. okay long time pink floyd drummer nick mason is going on tour 
and Pantheon Podcast is giving away exclusive VIP experiences to see Nick Mason's Saucer Full of Secrets. Ooh. Okay? Now, normally that would be enough <laughs> for an exciting announcement, but there's more. At two of the tour stops, the Story Song Podcast will be there. Yes. All right? So first of all, we're going to be at the Capitol Theater in Port Chester, New York, Monday, September 26th. Now, Port Chester, perfectly situated. It's mm-hmm. on the, the border between New York and Connecticut. If you are in New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, like let's say Hackensack, recent episode <laughs> reference. Or uh, Wayne. If you're in, or Wayne, sure. If you're in any one of those places, uh, this is a convenient place to get to. Again, Capitol Theater, Port Chester, New York. Monday, September 26th, we will be there, but that is not all. No, because we are also going to be at the historic Beacon Theater in New York City. New York City? That's right. Wednesday, October 12th. So exciting. And listen, if you're not in the New York uh, area, that's okay, because there's um, many more tour dates, and Pantheon podcast shows are going to be at many of those tour dates. And you can check all of those out at thesaucerfullofsecrets.com. Exactly. So if you are fans of other shows on this Pantheon Podcast Network, uh, you can meet other people from Mm -hmm. other shows. uh, But really, you want to meet us. Come on. Come on. Let's let's not kid ourselves. So if you can get to either of those shows, that would be great. Now, also, if you are a big music fan, if you're a Pink Floyd fan, here's the great thing. Nick Mason and his Saucer Full of Secrets band, okay, they're doing like early and yeah. obscure Pink Floyd songs. So if you like this stuff, this is a perfect opportunity to come see some great music. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you could be a big wig, my friend. You <laughs> could win a VIP package. For your chance to win that VIP package, head to pantheonpodcast.com slash Nick Mason to enter or... You can check out more information on our social media. That's right. And as part of the VIP package, you could win, Daniel. A VIP seat upgrade. That's right. And a selection of curated exclusive VIP merchandise. Commemorative VIP laminate and lanyard. Crowd-free shopping at a dedicated merchandise stand before the show. On-site perks such as priority check-in, VIP express lane into the venue, and a dedicated customer service line, which means, guys, that. you are going to be right. you are going to be big dog and everyone else in line That's when you're right. going in. Push them out of the way. Push them out of the way. <laughs> VIP coming through. Um, and you also are going to have a chance to win a commemorative guitar pick-shaped necklace that was carved down from drum cymbals played by Nick Mason himself. Guys, all of that is incredible. It's great. Okay. But let's get to the big one. Mm-hmm. If you come to one of the shows that we are at, you will have an opportunity to be a guest on the Story Song Podcast. Dreams come true. Dreams really do come true, you guys. <laughs> they really do come true, you guys. <laughs> it's happening. So enter now at pantheonpodcast.com backslash Nick Mason. The winners will be notified via email one week prior to the event. And we really hope to see you guys there. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out. 
because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. All right, we're back. It's time for a story behind the story. How did this story come to be? Michael. Yes, sir. Uh, you did the research for this one, so hit us. Do it. Tell us the history of this song. I want right to know now. all about it. Do it. <laughs> I don't know much about Frida Payne, so I'm pretty excited. I don't to find either. Out. Let's do this. Well, it's, uh, it's actually a pretty cool story, and I will preface it with this is a lot of kind of like overlapping stories and a mm-hmm. bigger story. So it's going to be a kind of high level overview of a lot of people's careers and stories. So Got it. right. Uh, one consistent character in this story, the city of Detroit. Sure. Okay. It is, it is a sure. character. So you're saying this is like a real Robert Altman yeah. kind of movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just a lot of overlapping dialogue, mm-hmm. overlapping stories. <laughs> Yeah. That's right. Well, there are a lot of there are a lot of people involved in this song, um, mm. either in a major way or minor way. But like, there's a lot going on. Yeah. I mean, it's Detroit, so obviously RoboCop's going to come in at some yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. I assume. Well, it's yeah, future yeah. Detroit. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Band of Gold was uh, recorded by Frida Payne and released in February of 1970. Frida Payne was born on September 19th, 1942 in Detroit. Mm. There we go. That will be our first mention of the city of Detroit. By age 13, uh, she began entering and winning local talent competitions and was featured on the Detroit television show, The Ed McKenzie Dance Hour. You remember that one? It's real good. Oh, yeah. It was so good. It was so good. Apparently at the time, like there were just a lot of like talent competitions on TV. I was thinking oh, yeah. about it today, like, as much as reality TV is a, is a thing of the 21st century, like, there's, there's a lot of it in the 50s. Like, well, I was recently watching an I Love Lucy episode, and mm. Lucy was watching a reality show, basically. It was, it was a show called, like, Be a Good Neighbor, where uh, it was, I mean, she tried to get a trip to Hawaii out of it, but mm. it was a really funny episode. But it was about, like, people writing in... Um, and like they would do things for their neighbor. It was the early. It was the early times of. It was the early days of television. They were just feeling it out. I mean, yeah. listen the the concept for hairspray with the yes. what's his name show like the Corny Collins show like that didn't come out of nowhere. Like those right, things right. existed, especially like especially um regionally, right? Yes. Every region had their like their thing. 
Well, American well, Bandstand was... started off as a regional show. Right. Right. That's what I was going to say. Two things. First of all, there's nothing new under the sun. Uh, obviously, <laughs> like, they've always been doing the same stuff. I'm sure, I'm sure you can find examples of, like, quote-unquote reality shows, like, from radio days. Like, yeah. Um, I think the only difference between maybe reality shows today and reality shows back then is, like, back then cameras weighed like 150 pounds <laughs> yep. so like you'd have to like do it in a studio you know or like whatever you couldn't like chase people around like with cameras so but yeah i mean they're always doing the same stuff and and like i just said like that's that's a thing that's like hard to wrap our head around is that television was was local right. so like every every station like in every city in the country had like a clown that would do like his show, <laughs> yep. you know, and then like they had a dance show and they had like a local like talk show that just talked to people like in that city. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, it was it was very regional and local. And there certainly were like the the network shows, but that was only like a small piece of it. Like, yeah. by the, you know, later it was like most things were either like national, like the only things that really were local were like um you know like the news yeah. or whatever but otherwise like yeah but back then i mean even something like um uh what was the what was the show with the b doobie um you know what i'm talking romper about room. oh romper room romper room guys check this out yeah do you, do you know what i'm gonna say didn't have an outside the tri-state back, area well, got free, no it was, no, it, it, was, was everywhere. it was everywhere and it was a franchise like mcdonald's <laughs> you signed up with the romper room corporation and they sent you a bee costume and like props and stuff. That's crazy. And, and every city had a different like lady, 25 year old woman who was hosting it. <laughs> um, but they, but basically it was a thing where like they would send you like ideas on what to do. So you didn't have to come up with, right. all, with everything basically. Yeah. Like I said, like it was like a franchise where it was like, don't worry, we'll send you the whoppers. You just got to <laughs> sell them. And like, this was, this was the same thing. So, um anyway dan when when you said every city had a clown all i'm picturing is some guy in a clown suit getting off the bus in philadelphia with a suitcase and somebody being like buddy we already got a clown but (laughs) i mean that's that's what Krusty the clown is is now totally like that now that concept is so foreign that i think i'm sure people watching like you know anyone who's like under 30 must assume that like that was invented for the simpsons like some crazy simpsons thing (laughs) they have like a televised clown but no in the 50s every like again and like nine times out of ten the clown that was on at three o'clock was also the weatherman who was on at seven (laughs) like there was that's not even a joke like there there was a lot of there was a lot of people who were there oh the other thing used to do is have those horror shows they would they have like the cheap b movies yeah and every Every station would have the like guy who was like, "Oh, I'm you know whatever. I'm the crypt keeper, and we're gonna watch a spooky movie." Like, and it was clearly like him and like two guys, you know, yeah. <laughs> who were like who were willing to stay late that night uh, to like shoot this dumb thing. Like, you know, the it was a different world. Is what yeah. I'm trying to say. It's basically the the Weird Al movie UHF. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, because a lot of that stuff, though, you know, guys like Weird Al obviously were like alive in the fifties and sixties, and like that's how they remember TV. So that's that's what it would be. But yeah. And the other thing with television in the fifties is they also were kind of desperate for content. They were like, guys, we've got like nine hours to fill. Right. Um. You know, the rest of the day it's just static, but nine hours worth of programming. We we got to figure out something. Guys, we might need a second clown. 
I need to apologize to you guys. I need to apologize to our audience at home. I am so sorry that I'm going off on this rambling tangent, but th- I, this this is my jam. I love on, this stuff. I can't get enough of like the history of like TV is so cool. It's so weird. It's so great. Oh my gosh. One last thing. My dad used to tell me because, you know, he obviously grew up in the 50s. They used to do a thing called the million dollar movie, right? Right. Where we like the million dollar movie and they would show the movie at like four in the afternoon or whatever. The movie ends at like 6.30. You guys, they'd be like, if you missed any part of the million dollar movie, we are going to show it again right now. And they would show the movie again. Yeah. <laughs> back to back. Just because like Michael said, they had so much time to kill. They just had to like keep this they thing going. And this, is at, and this is at a time when it would go off the air at 11. Right. And they wouldn't come back yeah. till 7. For, it would just be a, a test pattern. And even then, they were still like, oh, my God, how are we going to fill up all this time? <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, well, yeah, so they anyway. show it twice. I mean, it cost them a million dollars to air it. Show oh, it as many times as Yeah, they got to get the, yeah, the you money's get worth. Your, you got to get the cost. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, the Ed McKenzie dance hour. Yeah, that's where <laughs> all this started. you were wondering <laughs> where we're at. <laughs> it was free to paint. Free to paint, um, going on, entering a local talent contest, great. Winning, that seems that that's you know, that's overdoing it for me. I'm just saying it that that seems a little too much. Um it's fine to enter, but let's not be winning contests at thirteen. Because there's probably a guy who's twenty two who's like, Oh my god, I'm losing to a thirteen year old. What am I doing with my life? Jeez. He's like, All I wanted to do is be the local clown and uh right. I'm losing talent competitions. Well, I guess I gotta I guess I gotta go to Poughkeepsie and see if they got a clown. Jeez. <laughs> oh, well, not only did um, Frida Payne enter the talent competition on the Ed McKenzie Dance Hour, she won it twice. Oh. Um, so I guess it was sort of like a star search kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, that that's, type of thing. Yeah, again. She began singing locally, and by the age of 14, uh, future Motown founder Barry Gordy um, had heard of her and wanted to be her manager. But in talking with Frida Payne's mother, they couldn't agree on a contract, so she did not sign. Wow, with oh. Barry with Barry Gordy before yeah. he was Barry Gordy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. At this point, nobody knew what Motown wow. was going to be or what Barry Gordy was going to become. Um, he just wanted to manage her. Like, he could spot talent, obviously. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, yeah. Um, but I think, I think the contract was not favorable to the artist. Mm-hmm. Um, so her mother was like, yeah, you're not signing. At the age of 16, she went to New York and appeared on the nationally televised Ted Max, the original Amateur Hour talent competition, which I think this. So this was national. I think this yeah. was sort of like along the up. lines of an American Idol. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. She won second place. That led to uh, an article about her in Jet magazine, which was huge. And that got her a lot of attention. I think, I don't know, I definitely saw a cover story about her. I don't know mm-hmm. if it was, it's, the timing seems to line up, so it might, it might be this. She might have gotten a cover story, but if not, got she it. got a pretty big article. Yeah. By the time she was 18, uh, she was in New York, and she signed her first record deal and released uh, a couple of jazz albums. Um, she performed with Duke Ellington's band. She toured with the Quincy Jones Orchestra, and she toured with Pearl Bailey. She made appearances on the 
Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and other uh, TV shows. Um, mm. I think she was on Merv Griffin. She made her Broadway debut in the original 1967 production of Hallelujah Baby what? as a as the standby for Leslie Uggams. I love Leslie Uggams. I you know I think I have the playbill for that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I know. That's Were all you I there? have to say about that. Mm-hmm. Leslie Uggams <laughs> was stunning. Yeah. I love me and Uggams. <laughs> So she was the standby. So I think she she ended up going on for Leslie Uggams probably like five times. I think I read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and if you're wondering, the standby for those who don't know, standby yes. is somebody who is standing by. Yeah, hired specifically to go on if that person doesn't go on. Whereas an understudy would be somebody who's already in the ensemble, right? Taking over a part. Oh wow! I learned. so so the difference between a standby and an understudy. Yes. Yeah, a standby okay. is not doing anything else. Not doing anything else. Yeah. Okay. They're just waiting for Leslie Uggams to be sick. <laughs> right. Or like, let's say Leslie Uggams is walking to the theater and falls down a manhole. Right. Right. Frida Payne is ready to go. Saying, yeah. "Hold on to your hats. It's going to be a bumpy night." Yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, speaking of Broadway, this is not chronological, but Frida Payne later appeared in Sammy Davis Jr.'s uh, 1974 Broadway show, Sammy, which had a limited engagement at the Euros Theater. Mm. Sammy! <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think there's an exclamation point. Oh. And I feel like there should be. Sammy. No, what, no, Sammy. no. What there should be is there should be a picture of Sammy Davis Jr. in silhouette doing some sort of fancy Fosse pose. That's what it should be. That's your exclamation point, my friend. Oh, yeah. That would be... Oh, oh I see. Be, That's the be, exclamation point. You know what I'm saying? End. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be good I was design. thinking, I was thinking Sammy, Sammy, like a caricature of Sammy Davis Jr. could be breaking out of the hole in the A. You know what I mean? Mm, I mean and, like, yes. kind of sh- yeah. and kind of shrugging at us, the audience. Yeah. Like, it's just me. It's Sammy. Come on, you guys know me. I'm Sammy. It's Sammy. <laughs> that would be more if he had a TV variety show yes. versus so. on Broadway. On Broadway, he's the exclamation point. Yeah, exactly. that's right. On TV, right. he's he's jumping out of the letters. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, that's yeah. how the New Yorker um, uh, spoke about him. Yeah. No, I think I think it should be a rule that if you have a Broadway musical with one word in the title, you need an exclamation point. Otherwise, yep, that's right. Don't do Broadway. What's don't the point? You're preaching the choir here. You don't, you don't need to tell us twice. I'm 100% on board with this legislation. Yeah. I second that motion. Rachel, third? Uh, you have a third? Yep. We are, yeah, we're in the exclamation uh, caucus. We yeah. are unanimous. <laughs> it is law. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, Band of Gold is the title track from Frida Payne's third album. So Band of Gold, uh, a little bit about the writers, it's credited to the writing team of Ron Dunbar and Edith Wayne. Okay. Okay. Edith Wayne Mm -hmm. did not write this song. Wow. liar. It was a pseudonym for the songwriting team of Lamont Dozier and Brian and Eddie Holland, known professionally as Holland Dozier Holland. I'm sorry. So Edith Wayne 
does not exist and is also three people? Is that what you're telling me? Edith Gosh. Wayne is three people, but she does exist. This I was a... oh, she does exist. Okay. I was Wait. as I was doing this research, all I wanted to hear was like, and Edith Wayne, who never existed, or, <laughs> or um, like like okay. we we'd like to like if they were registering it with with like the some whatever the songwriters thing is, um, if they were like. Edith Wayne, she died 200 years ago. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, right. I wanted want. something like that's that. I want. needed a ghost in the story. Yeah. Right. Didn't happen. But yeah. I'll I, get into it. I that. also thought Edith Wayne was going to be Holland, Dozer, Holland on each other's shoulders with a very large overcoat right. on. Something like you know that. I mean? That's all I wanted. Something. Like, she's a great songwriter. And also, she's like 11 feet tall. It's really weird. <laughs> Somebody get the Scooby-Doo gang on this. <laughs> <laughs> she only wears trench coats. That's that's let's her thing. Who, let's see who you really are, Edith Wayne. <laughs> Holland, Dozer, Holland. <laughs> I would have gotten away from it too, with it, too, if it wasn't for you pesky Frida kids. No, I don't know. <laughs> so... Eddie Holland uh, was born October 30th, 1939 in Detroit and met Motown founder Barry Gordy in 1958. He began working for him and he actually recorded one of Motown's earliest hits called Jamie in 1962. Jamie. Not on Broadway. No exclamation point. Okay. Brian Holland, born February 15th, 1941. No relation. Very much a relation. (laughs) (laughs) He started as a performer before turning to songwriting and producing. After joining Motown, he co-wrote and produced Please Mr. Postman for the Marvelettes. What? A song that has the distinction of being a hit for three artists. It was later covered by the Beatles and the Carpenters. Never heard of them. (laughs) (laughs) Lamont Dozier, born June 16th, 1941 in Detroit, started as a performer and had some minor hits on uh, local Detroit record labels in the late 50s, including a charting single called Fine, Fine Baby. He was then signed to Motown as an artist, producer, and songwriter. Oof. And these are three huge songwriters, with, and that is a very short backstory of the three of them. Yeah. So, Holland, Dozier, Holland, the three of them came together and started working. They're also known as HDH began working together as producers and writers for Motown Records starting in 1962. They're credited with helping create the Motown sound. Mm -hmm. Did they actually create the Motown sound? Yes. You tell me. (laughs) I'm I'm telling you yes. (laughs) Continue. The songs they wrote include, Mm -hmm. include, and this is not a complete list by any means, Stop in the Name of Love, You Just Keep Me Hanging On, Baby Love, Nowhere to Run, Where Did Our Love Go, Reach Out, I'll Be There, You Can't Hurry Love, Baby I Need Your Loving, I Can't Help Myself, open parentheses, Sugar Pie Honey Bunch, close parentheses, How Sweet It Is to Be Loved by You, Can I Get a Witness, I Hear a Symphony, My World is Empty Without You, Shake Me, Wake Me When It's Over, Come See About Me, Back in My Arms Again, It's the Same Old Song, This Old Heart of Mine, Standing in the Shadows of Love, the Happening, Reflections, and Heat Wave. Never heard of any of them. Not a one. <laughs> and what's funny is not a single hit. <laughs> I know. Of all those songs. Really? Shame. What a shame. You'd think one of them would have just yeah. by accident would have hit. That was a list of songs that bubbled under. <laughs> so not classics by any means. 
1969, after a series of huge hits for Motown, as you have just heard, uh, Holland Dozier Holland decided to leave the label to form their own record companies, Invictus and Hot Wax, for which they were writers and producers. Is that two separate yeah. labels? Okay. Yeah. Also, a soccer company and a surfboard company, <laughs> right? But buy a record, get a free surfboard. <laughs> Sorry, continue. Still under contract with Motown, Barry Gordy sued the songwriters, and during that suit, they could produce but not write new songs. Mm. So Band of Gold, which they wrote with collaborator Ron Dunbar, was credited to Ron Dunbar and Edith Wayne. Edith Wayne was someone who worked for the company, uh. but not a writer. According to... Dozier in a 2015 interview with The Guardian, uh, quote, we just had to put somebody's name on the thing. Everyone knew it was really Holland Dozier Holland. <laughs> Except for Barry Gordy. He never knew. <laughs> he never knew. He was like, this guy, this gal came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. This Edith, she's got it. We got we to gotta hire her away. <laughs> and then he hires her away. <laughs> He's like, you lost it. You had such a great what song. Happens? Band of Gold was so good. Man. She says, give me one more chance. All right, fine. No. And then she's like, I, I work in the mail room. <laughs> I was going to say. She's like, I, uh, I uh, clean the office at night. Uh, but give me one more chance. And then she writes, beat it. Like, yeah. This is, what a crazy story Edith has. <laughs> she, um, she walks around with like a couple of Grammys. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm not a songwriter. So modest, they say of her. So modest. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm literally not a songwriter. Please stop. <laughs> I've got a couple of Grammys, but my, my real passion is office work. Yeah. So, so you've got a new record company, and you need a session musician to play guitar on your classic hit band of mm -hmm. gold. Sure. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. That's correct. A 15-year-old Ray Parker Jr. who played what? guitar on this recording. Oh, I Get love it. out. Yep. That's great. 15 years old? Yeah. Man, oh, and man. it's a pretty great guitar part, too. The, this story is full of people rudely being too talented at too young age. Yes, 100%. <laughs> yes, it is. How dare they? And that... Poor clown in uh, New Rochelle. <laughs> move on. Who's just Got beat losing, out by losing year old Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> losing talent competition after talent competition. So when it was time to find a singer, uh, the songwriters turned to Frida Payne. Uh, Dozier says, quote, Frida Payne was our first choice as singer. We'd all been at school together. She had a great voice, perfect for this, and she didn't have a recording contract. Mm -hmm. There you go. Who wants a surprise? I do. It is not a lollipop. Oh, mm -hmm. But it's just as good. Here's your surprise. When presented with this song, Frida Payne did not like Band of Gold. What? Mm. So uh, in that same interview with The Guardian, she said, quote, When I first heard Band of Gold, I was in my 20s, and I thought it was written for a teenager to sing, a 16-year-old who just got married too young. She recalls, Ron Dunbar said, you don't have to like it, just sing it. The track itself was great from that fantastic guitar intro onwards. Yeah. After the song became a hit, she says, quote, I thought people love it, so it must be okay. Okay. 
just, wow, this is really not. I thought maybe she'd be like, I was wrong, which is like, yeah, I mean, I guess other people like it. <laughs> Dance, whatever. <laughs> whatever. No accounting for taste. <laughs> it's no semi. <laughs> In that interview with The Guardian, uh, Dozier makes an interesting point about the song, which I'm actually kind of annoyed that, uh, at us for not thinking of this, but it's a really good point. He says, even though the song was written by three young guys, it's from a woman's perspective. Because mm. my father wasn't around, I was raised by women, I, I used to sit in my grandmother's home beauty shop and listen to all the women while sweeping up hair. There were lots of stories about romantic disappointment being mistreated, these stayed with me and went into our songs. Well, Michael, I, I thought this was written by a woman named Edith. <laughs> All right, that's so... a good point. Uh, that's a good point. It, it, so I forgive us for not <laughs> thinking of that. But that's really cool that it is written from yeah. the woman's perspective. Certainly, like, I mean, it's it's a very different kind of song. Uh, and, it is. I mean, it's not, a, it's not an I will survive. But it's no, no, no. You know, it's not a woman empowerment song by any means. But no, but but it, there's a lot of it, it's a sympathetic song, like you sure. know, and that that they can that they're definitely like in her character, right? You know, right. As as three men who wrote it, yeah. Um. So um. So what's the song about? That's uh, something we talked about a lot in the first part. Like we said, upon first hearing the song, Frida Payne thought it was about a woman who got married too young. According to co-writer Ron Dunbar in the documentary Band of Gold, The Invictus Story, the song was, quote, a smash in the gay community with audiences assuming that the husband in the song was gay, okay. uh, which we talked about in the first part. He claims that a verse was cut from the song to edit it for time, which provides further explanation. So at the end of this documentary, um, Band of Gold, the Invicta story, it they they play the song, but it sounds it sounds different. It sounds almost like mm -hmm. a demo version of the song. And the version that they play, it's they only play one verse over the credits, and it includes the line, Now that you're gone, all that's left is a band of gold. All that's left of the dreams I hold is a band of gold and the memories of our wedding day and the night I turned you away. What? Uh, that changes everything. Yeah. That changes everything. Wow. I don't like it as much, but. I like it as much either. <laughs> no, it takes away the mystery. But I mean, I, so I don't know. He's, this documentary was from the 90s. So he yeah. was recalling something from years earlier. Were they editing it for time? Were they editing it for content? Who right. knows? But in this interview with The Guardian, Lamont Dozier says, the song is about two newlyweds working out their differences. The guy isn't sure he did the right thing getting married. And he provided a little bit more information in an interview with Song Facts, mm -hmm. where he says, quote, he wanted to love this girl. He married the girl, but he couldn't perform on his wedding night because he had other issues about his sexuality. I'll put it that way. It was about a guy that was basically gay and couldn't perform. Okay, so... Uh, so we're getting this, a lot but, of conflicting... Thank you. This, <laughs> and this happens more often than we would like to think. Yeah. We, we're, we'll be going through research and the, the songwriters will be like, oh, it's about this. And then in the next in the next interview, they're like, oh, it's about this thing. It's like, you could, then just don't say what it's about then. <laughs> like, just let us do... We just did that for you. 
We yeah. just said all those things. So people are figuring it out. But if you're not going to give us just a straight up answer of like, this is about my friend Tim, who, <laughs> right. <laughs> who did not realize, who was trying to like hide the fact that he was gay. So yeah. he married this girl. I, unless you've got something straightforward with a guy named Tim, I don't want to hear it. You know? This I is mean, too much information. Yeah, yeah. Band right? of gold, open parentheses, Tim's song, close parentheses. That's right. But I mean, I think also one thing you got to remember too is like, these guys are pumping out classic after classic. I'm just saying like, they're probably not sitting around like crafting this for six months. So like, you know, you just, you kind of yeah. forget. Like you, you, you thought it was one thing at the time and then like years later, you think it's something else. You know. Right. Like I'm saying, or you you do have multiple people working on this song. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah, it could mean something to each of them differently, and they each could have had their own perspective. And yeah, like recollections change over the decades. Be, be, yeah, because I mean, it is, and you you put like maybe what you think about it now, or or what you've come to think about it now, like you assume that you always thought that. Right. right. And it is that the I mean Ron Dunbar is the one who's saying he was the one that was surprised that it was a hit in the gay community, right? Yeah. And then there was that there the final demo line with her, her turning him away, right? Yeah. So then it's it's Lamont Dozier saying the stuff about the um uh, uh about the sexuality issues. So it is that thing of they have two different ideas, co-writers having yeah. two different ideas. So, interesting. Yeah. Well, and they that's just the part that they played in the documentary, that that part of the song. Um that it did sound it sounded slightly different from the album version right. that we all know. So it sounded almost like a demo, but the memories of our wedding day and the night I turned you away. They cut it there. There is a line after that. Right. But, where but- it's uh and the memories of our wedding day and the night I turned you away because it turned out you were gay. <laughs> so I think that, well, that see, provides that, a little bit more clarity. What? This is a real like how to cook 40 human situation. <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah, cookbook. Yeah. It's a cookbook. There was a lot of like, I want to be very clear, you are queer. Like just just for a lot of like really putting a fine point on it. To the point where I I honestly think it was too much. There's like four more verses about That's how right. gay this guy is. And I'm like, you know what? Let's actually, we can, we can cut back on some of this. It's fine. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think I was just funny. Like, even if it is the, like, I turned you away. I mean, I think we all agree. We don't like it as much only just because, you know, the mystery is better, right? right. Yeah. You're not sure what happened, but if you, if you kind of explain, don't explain too much is my point. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And I think the perspective that they might be bringing to this could be, even in in years looking back at it, they could be bringing the perspective that they were bringing to this song in 1969, 1970. Like, this is... They could be bringing the perspective of like, oh, no, it's not about that. It can't be about that. You right, know, like, because of the time it's in. Because of the time. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. could be having that, that sort of sense memory of like, oh, no, no, it's it's definitely not that. This was, I mean... It's important to remember, like, this is this is kind of, assuming that is what it's about, kind of like a, a progressive song for the era. This is right. one year past Stonewall. This right, is right. The, the year of the first New York City Pride March was 1970. So 
Absolutely. Things I mean, were things were different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, speaking of of '90s documentaries, like that documentary, The Celluloid Closet, where they go right. through about how things were subtly mentioned. You know what I mean? And yeah. like about you know if you were if you were gay and you were in the gay community, you would like pick up on these little yeah details in things that obviously were not overtly spoken but were hinted at or i mean it is i mean not i mean this is much this is earlier than the 70s but i mean we we t- we talked about cat on a hudson roof right but right. the truth is is that that is a an integral part of this of the play yeah. that was not a part of the movie and right. it's bizarre to read the play and then watch the movie or do the reverse and come to the realization that it is about sexuality and it's 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 incredible. So those things right. you're right. Like I mean, it's just it it could be a type of thing where it's even if it's subliminally or or like uh, subconsciously in there that not everybody who was co-writing this song had the same idea at the time. Right. Yeah. Now I've seen the movie. I have not read the play, but as far as I know, it's uh, about Brick just not being ready to settle down. <laughs> yep. That's right. I yep. I have a question. Yes. When it comes to the whole sexuality thing. What did Edith think? Did Edith have an opinion on what this <laughs> song was about? All she wanted to do was just work on her filing. Yeah. And, you know, make Xeroxes and go home. That's yeah. Right. Okay. She Fair was enough. like, I, I, I want to get out of here at five. This is, I don't care. Yeah. This is just a job for me. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I want to be clear. I mean, like, literally. Like, this like, is just this a job. Is, like, yeah. <laughs> this is literally just a job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I answer the phones. That's yeah. it. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing else here. But you have a Grammy. I'm really good at answering I just... the phones. Answering the phones yeah. is my passion. Yeah, I should, get a, <laughs> I should get a Grammy on how I route phone calls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, you want a musicality. That's, there's oh, yeah. a rhythm to that. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I should get a gr- I should get a grand for knowing to hit nine for an outside line. Yeah. <laughs> Do I answer the phone in a sing-songy fashion? Yes, but yeah. was it Grammy-worthy? <laughs> According to the people at the Recording Academy, yes. Yes, it is. Hello, Invictus Records. The guy was gay. This is uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever it's about, um, the song was a huge hit, and it remains a classic. Band of Gold peaked at, as we said, number three on the Billboard Hot 100 the week of July 25th, 1970, behind Close to You by The Carpenters, which was number one, and Mama Told Me Not to Come by Three Dog Night. There they are. Number two. There There they are. Good week. Good week. Um, It was ranked 391 in Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time in 2004. Nice. All music reviewer Amy Hansen says of Frida Payne's album, Band of Gold, quote, it must be said, however, that the title song, truly one of the greatest soul ballads of all time, so dominates the proceedings that it's very easy to overlook these other gems. One reason why Band of Gold, the album, rarely attracts much attention today. Mm. Mm. So that's, and I think we've talked about this in other songs, like that's sort of the, the, Good thing, bad thing about having such a huge hit and such yeah. a, a memorable song is that even on the album, other songs just fade yeah. away. Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The song's been covered several times. 
Two notable covers actually both happened in 1986. Bonnie Tyler's version reached number 81 on the UK singles chart. Okay. And Belinda Carlisle's version went to 91 in Canada and number 26 on the Billboard dance chart. Hmm. And I think that was from her debut uh, solo album. In 2007, a cover by Kimberly Locke went to number one on the Billboard Dance Club play chart. It also went to number nine on the Billboard Adult Contemporary chart, uh, number 21 on Canada's AC chart, and number six on the UK Commercial Club chart. Mm, I don't know who that is, but we're going to listen to it right now. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. I love when Rachel gives me work, because I'm like, oh, (laughs) right, now I got to do it. She said it. Now Uh, I totally regret during that entire list of Holland Dozier Holland songs, uh, not doing that after every song, not being, (laughs) stop in the name of love, which we'll hear right now. Well, I could tell, Mm. I could tell Dan, I could tell Dan to do anything. I could tell Dan to do anything. And we're going to do my taxes right here. (laughs) But it's like. The, like long lost like <laughs> and and we're gonna listen to a wax cylinder of edison uh right here <laughs> just in case everything we've said so far has not made this clear holland dozier holland are songwriting legends uh here are just once again some of the awards that they've received in 1987 the um national academy of songwriters lifetime achievement award In 1988, they were inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. In 1990, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In 1998, they were awarded the Grammy Trustees Award, which is awarded to non-performers who have contributed to the recording industry. And in 2009, uh, the Songwriters Hall of Fame Johnny Mercer Award, which is their highest honor. I was going to say, that's the big one. Yeah. I mean, the, but there's part, like, I mean, all these awards are great and everything, but, like, there's a part of me where they got to be like, yeah, duh. I mean, that list of <laughs> songs yeah. that you wrote, pick any three of those. Right. And if that was all they ever did. Yeah, that would get them in. You know, they would yeah. they would deserve all the, you know, 100%. they were just like, oh, we just did Stop the Name of Love, uh, How Sweet is Love of You, and Heat Wave. And they're like, okay, yeah. you guys are in forever. Yeah, like, that's it. <laughs> like, get all the on. things. <laughs> like, that's all they need. Meanwhile, they got, like, 30 more. Uh, they're like these like classic songs. So pretty good, I pretty, would say. Pretty, pretty, good. pretty good, Edith yeah. Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> you did it, Edith Wayne. So sadly, uh, Lamont Dozier passed away recently on uh, August eighth, twenty twenty two. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, shame. there were, there was it was big news when he passed. Uh, a lot of you know, uh, yeah, big artists were. Uh, I would imagine their condolences. Frida Payne continues to perform on record and on stage. Uh, She recently released a jazz duets EP called Let There Be Love, which includes a duet with Johnny Mathis on They Can't Take That Away From Me. Um, She played the role of Ella Fitzgerald recently in the play The First Lady of Song and recently released a memoir called Band of Gold. Of course. Mm -hmm. Detroit News uh, asked her if she ever gets tired of singing Band of Gold. With a laugh, she responded, I do. But you know what? I'm so grateful that that song has really kind of helped bring me this far. Because no matter what I do, people know who I am because of Band of Gold. Mm -hmm. And as she told The Guardian, because of Band of Gold, quote, I went from being a supper club singer to a household name. Mm. 
So Love that's it. great. That's great. Yeah. Great song ahead of its time. Yep. And uh, like we said, I think it's, we've said this about other songs, but I, I think it's, it's again, like the perfect marriage of singer and song. Totally. Even though she didn't like it. Nobody likes it at first. Nobody likes any song at first. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's I. It's probably hard when it's not all together. You yeah, know? like we we can pick on this people all, all we want, but you know, I'm. It, it, she's just handed some sheet music. She can't like necessarily. Right. That's the know thing. When we we like. react to the recording of it, we're reacting to right. her voice on this song I'm, with the music, like. like She's 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 reacting to like a, a yellow legal pad. Why are I'm going to say this once. We... Rachel, get off Frida's back. Why are we ganging up on me? We gang up on Dan. We all know that. We all know that. You know why, Rachel? Because Edith Wayne told us what you did. Yeah. She she said she's Edith's a liar. <laughs> Edith's a liar. Don't believe her. Don't believe Do you know her. she doesn't clean out the fridge on Fridays? She does not you clean know, out the office fridge on Fridays. She's supposed to clean yeah, it out every Friday. Yeah, she doesn't. Do you know Edith. that she didn't write that? Do you know she didn't write that song? She didn't write that song. She didn't write that oh, song. I don't believe so you that can't believe what she said. I don't you believe, believe that. that. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. Why does she have a plaque over her desk that says Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee <laughs> 1990? <laughs> <laughs> She, she did it on at, print shop. It's, she it's, got that it's at all dot matrix. Everybody knows she got that at things remembered. <laughs> she got that and a beer stein. Right. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's one of those novelty rock and roll hall of fame induction plaques. That's right. I mean, she's not actually the world's greatest grandma. I'm just going to make that. They sell that to anyone. Um, the mug says so. Uh, <laughs> you, uh, you tell that to little Jeremy who gave her that. Yeah. Mug. <laughs> Little Jeremy Wayne. <laughs> and her nephew, Bruce. Yeah. Love it. All right. Um, <laughs> I really talked about note, a lot. <laughs> on that note, let's take a quick break. Uh, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the lesson we learned from this song with Lessons Learned. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, guys, there's no question that the last few years have been a bit rough. Maybe you're feeling scared or anxious or confused and you just need someone to talk to. Heck, it would be weirder if you didn't. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is, therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work. Or you're not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really all about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And as a special offer to Story Song Podcast listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash storysong, all one word. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash storysong. 
Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right, we're back. It's time for Lessons Learned. What lesson did we learn from this song? Michael, let's start with you. What lesson did you learn from Band of Gold? I learned um, that, and I've said this a thousand times, you guys, divorce is always hardest on the hotel staff. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. So true. Because, yeah, I guess, I I mean, you had a reservation for one room. I guess we can find you a second room. It's tough. It's hard. I mean, it's, it's right next to the ice maker. Is that no? Okay, we'll find you a better room. We're doing yeah. our best here. How about this one facing the parking lot? No. Okay, we'll see if we can get. We will get you one. You know what? We had one room that faced the courtyard that was not near the ice maker, and your gay husband is in it. So <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. You have to make it work. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you better. You better sit down. Uh, front desk person. <laughs> uh, we have something we have to tell you. That's right. That's what that Bell share Hop, song. We was don't love you any less. <laughs> this is not your fault. That's right. No. But uh, front desk guy, it's a little bit your fault. A little bit. A little bit. Um, I but learned <laughs> room uh, three hundred eight uh, is uh, is going to be spending some time apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You're going to have mm. two checkouts. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I learned, I think it's probably obvious, but I learned, you know, when you're getting ready for that honeymoon, just just do a quick double check of how many rooms are reserved mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Uh, if it's one, great. If it's two, it's a problem. If you're, if it's three or more, um, you got you got bigger questions it's a cult. that you need to. Add. Yeah, yeah, you you may <laughs> you have married into a cult. You let me ask you a question: When you got married, were there fifty other couples in white robes? Because <laughs> uh, you may have married into a cult. Uh, I'm just throwing that out yeah. there. Yeah. So, um, and then also on top of that, your husband is still gay. So it's mm-hmm. a, you got you got some bigger fish to fry uh, yeah. that you got to work on. So just check that check that number of rooms before. Oh yeah. Before you sign any marriage certificates, Rachel, mm-hmm. what did you learn? Prenup. Prenup. <laughs> that's all. It's, you don't have to say yeah. anything else. Oh, that's your lesson, just prenup. Prenup. Yeah. Is you is in the in the prenup? Mm-hmm. Is it again? Is it specify the number of rooms <laughs> that oh, are reserved? Oh, hundred percent for the honeymoon. If the prenup. The prenup goes if the if there if there's more than one room reserved, then this is null and void. Right. And I get a bunch of money. If I don't you really know to... how prenups work. I don't know. <laughs> I think that's how prenups work, right? It just says, if you do one of these three things, I get a bunch of money. <laughs> I get yep. money. All right. Or you don't get any money from me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or you could, I believe you Rachel's do Rachel's a the divorce option. attorney, so she's real <laughs> yeah. good at this. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about prenups. I do believe you have the option to do double or nothing. Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um... um Rachel, it's if you a, were to every prenup on the front cover says everybody plays, everybody wins. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Um there's a finder's keepers clause. Yeah. If uh Rachel, if you were to marry a man mm-hmm. and when you got to your honeymoon, you discovered that he had not uh reserved two rooms. Mm-hmm. He had reserved one room, but unfortunately that room was a conference room uh, for a <laughs> meeting. How would you take that? You know, I think you just see what happens in that conference room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? 
What if you discovered he had married twelve other women, and this was the, he was now trying to get you to do a timeshare? <laughs> um, listen again. I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> I mean, I was I, young. I can't promise I you I won't t- do it because I can't promise things yeah, that yeah. happened in the past. I mean, I might need a timeshare at some point. So, <laughs> can I interest gonna... either of you in a lovely timeshare <laughs> in the middle of Iowa? Mm-hmm. Oh. It's gorgeous. I was lo- it's not on China. a lake. It's not on water. No. It's not near no. mountains. It's just in the middle of a cornfield. <laughs> I do not know what I got myself into. No. You can go, do, you but, can go uh, midweek. Me, but let me say this. Let me say this. Yeah. Do ghost baseball players come out of the corn to play baseball? No, they do they not. Do not <laughs> that also doesn't happen. They do not either. You'd think, but no, they do <laughs> you not. Would think that would they be the one thing, not. but no. They have, there they are no walls, floor, or ceiling. Yep. Mm-hmm. It is a cornfield. That's right. Yeah, it is a cornfield. Now, are there blackout dates for this timeshare? There are many blackout dates for this timeshare. Surprisingly, yes. Surprisingly yeah. a lot. I'm not sure for who, because no <laughs> one else wants is renting it. it. <laughs> and yet, somehow, still, 250 blackout dates a year. Oh. I don't know how. I don't know how that's possible. Anyway, I have this contract <laughs> in perpetuity. <coughs> so, anybody who wants it, I signed up. I thought it was a prenup. I, Turns out I don't know what a prenup is. That's and right. I, that's guys, right. I am underwater with this it's non-existent <laughs> timeshare. And by uh, water, I mean corn. There's a I lot of corn. I mean corn. Just, Just so, so much, much corn. corn. Just so sick of corn. Eating it, looking at it. Um, you could even say it's as high as an elephant's eye. Making pipes out of it. Guys, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Story Song Podcast. Um, if you can follow us on the socials like Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, that would be great. And if you give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, wherever your podcast, uh, we would certainly appreciate it, and we'll read it on the show. We'll be back next episode with another great story song. I'm Dan McInerney. I'm Rachel Oaks. And I'm Michael Gazelle. We will talk to you guys then. Thanks for listening, as always, and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Our theme music was written and performed by Jason Flowers. Find him on Twitter at Jason Flowers with a Z. Some of our bumper music was provided by Purple Planet Music. Our logo was designed by Dan Geva. Be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at story underscore song, and on Instagram at story song podcast. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. The Story Song Podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Go to pantheonpodcasts.com. Thanks for listening. It's the Story Song Guys, I'm real I'm real glad I uh hopped on for this. Yeah, yeah, you would have missed a good episode. <laughs> um It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.